So I have interacted with a lot of seniors. Mm. So they have this group chat, you know, font really huge, all in Chinese. Yes. And then they'll send pictures <laughs> like this, right? Yes, I can, <laughs> I mean, I can, you can visualize, identify, right? Yes. yes. And then that's when you, but then they send good morning messages. Yes. You know, the flowers, the pond, <laughs> the lotus. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And then out of nowhere, you see like, oh, wow, I can get this return and that. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the gender gap in financial health. And we have a guest from Shorty. So Valerie is from Shorty. And for those listening in, um, Shorty is the ecosystem for mature women's health and wellness in APEC. Welcome, Valerie. Hello, Jonas. Hi, I'm absolutely thrilled to actually be here. So mm-hmm. my name is Valerie and I am the co-founder of Shorty. And we are actually a dedicated platform that focuses on the health and wellness of mature women in the APEC region. So what we do is we actually provide them resources, education, and as well as a supportive community. So it's actually a cause that's really close to my heart. Talking about health, I mean, given that health also encompasses financial health, I wanted to get you on to discuss the not often discussed but prevalent topic of the gender gap in financial health. Mm. So we look at a 2022 study that was done by the Financial Health Pulse in America. And, and this study was actually supported by City Foundation. They found a few statistics, right? So only one in five women, which is around 20%, are financially healthy versus 29% for men. So even after controlling for income and other demographic factors, women are still five percentage points less likely to be financially healthy than men. And uh, women are also more likely to be financially vulnerable compared to their male counterparts, meaning that they struggle in nearly all areas of their financial lives. So a lot of these statistics are based on, you know, American stats, just given that the study was based on, I think, like a thousand people in America. So as a co-founder of Surety and, and given that you operate in this region, you are much closer to the issues that the mature woman in APEC faces. So... One of the known issues is how gendered ageism impacts financial security. So what are your thoughts on that? Right, absolutely. So while the statistics mentioned, you know, they're based on American data, so they actually do shed light on a global issue that is also very prevalent in the APEC region, Mm. right? So one of the key issues that we have actually identified, as you mentioned, the impact of gender ageism on financial security, Mm -hmm. right? So financial ageism, to me, I felt like it's really much of a double-edged sword. So it's not just about being a woman or about getting old. Mm. but it's the intersection of these two identities. Mm. So you're caught in the middle, Mm. right? So this actually leads to a host of challenges, which of course include limited job opportunities, Mm. wage discrimination, Mm -hmm. and even early forced retirement, Mm. right? So this factor actually can um, significantly impact a woman's financial security. So for instances like your limited job opportunities and wage discrimination can result in lower lifetime earnings, which of course in turn means lesser savings for retirement, Right, so the early forced retirement can exacerbate this issue, mm-hmm. and as a woman, you can find themselves without a steady income much earlier than they actually anticipate. 
and you know, you know, even when I've spoken to some t- peers who mm. kind of get out of the workforce and you have their child, you know, sometimes they think that I'm gonna be back in the workforce in three years. You know, I give myself three years, but then sometimes it's not three. You know, when they when they actually get into it, you know, they realize that they could be caring for the child for like five, sometimes up to ten years. I mean, again, it's really personal choice and also. Um, you know, the circumstances of the family. That's mm. on one side. But some of them actually get back quite fast. You know, they literally mm. have a kid back at work. Yes. Yes, I think it depends on personal priorities as well, right? Mm-hmm. There are some women who are a bit more focused in terms of their career. Mm. So like my mom, she got back really fast because, you know, to her, the prioritization is having a career, having a stable income so that she can feed me. Yes. Right. But then some mom would prioritize, I want the well-being of my child, you know, mentally. So I'm going to take a step back from my career. Mm. I'll leave the earning to the to the husband. Right. Right. So yes. it really depends on the woman. But then I feel like majority of the women that I spoke to and that I know in Singapore, usually they would rather, you know, get into early retirement because they want mm. to be there for their kids. Mm. And a lot of times, when you call the about the demographics that we're talking right now, a lot of them, they don't really have an education. I see, so yes. then, like then the they boomer. Would. Yes, yes. We, we are talking about shifting, right? For us, we shift onwards. So we have a different mindset. Yes. But then the existing aged people, mm. they, have, they are of a different demographic. You're right. Yeah, so that's when, you know, we have different things that we have to counter. Mm-hmm. So especially for us, that's the reason why we look into different aspects. We target the people who are young, who are shifting there, mm. and then the current existing ones. So it's mm. very two different strategies that we are looking into. Got it. So yeah. if you talk about the mindset of the mature woman, mm. like you know, what are the what are the key traits you know that they have when it comes to finances? Because I guess you know we can identify if you know with that with that generation of women, they they tend to be more like family oriented. They are the people who you know in those times didn't have sometimes didn't have the privilege to to you know, further their education because a lot mm. of the focus on family spending was to send the boys to school and get them to university whereas women sometimes are you know ignored in that process and mm-hmm. because of that they lose out just because of educational opportunities and the follow-on opportunities that come with work mm-hmm. from then. So you know, what are some of the other traits that is common in this segment? So I think a lot of time this woman they actually um like you mentioned right they want to take a step back they want to take care of their kids mm. as well as listening to their husband as well I'm not mm. sure if it's you know out of point mm. but no, then no. because you know at that age you're like let's say my grandma mm. right we're taught to listen to the husband and everything the husband says goes mm. right so yep. if let's say your husband feel like you know there's no need for you to work you belong in the kitchen mm. then there wouldn't be a need for you to actually go out to work mm. right or that men have a certain ego I mean some right they would they wouldn't want their wife to be working or even earning more than them right so then that's when the woman want to take a step back mm. because out of respect all that I love my husband mm. and it's a lot in a lot of cases of the woman right now mm-hmm. of course maybe maybe a bit lesser on around our age but then of course when it comes to like my mother's age then it's a little bit um, different for them I think it's certainly shifting you know with mm. regards to you know, like, you know, there are definitely generational differences. And, you know, from us, from our perspective, we can see when we observe our grandmothers and our mothers and how they, how the household was governed, how how money was being talked about at home. I think that has certainly shifted. Mm-hmm. And one thing that has happened in our generation is also the higher, you know, income generative abilities of women so that you're not just kind of financially dependent on a man and you're saying okay whatever you say goes mm. because when when you know I, I think what we've seen is that when it comes to like equal earning power 
then they are saying, okay, you know, the, then you're then you are in a position to say, okay, what do you bring to the table? What do I bring to the table? And like, you know, I'm not gonna be at home doing all the housework right. if you know if I I can earn like this much more income. For yes. example, and and that's a very different situation compared to you know let's say me some some of the you know the earlier generations where grandmothers were like you know I don't have any skill sets apart from mm-hmm. you know all my abilities at home you know like housework which is not to be undermined like mm-hmm. just being a, just doing all the housework and taking yes. care of the family is actually a very very important task it that is, is not it paid. Is. yes and it's a very different discussion and back then you know like the mature women that we're talking about. Because of the fact that they didn't need to manage those, you know, a lot of the money at home, mm. or they didn't bring in the money, then they didn't really have much of a say in terms of, you know, how do I think about investments? All these things are kind of coming to light now, where you mm. know, like I guess you know, for women or even young people in general, you know, they need to be thinking about their investments early on and how do they build towards financial security mm. in their later years, which you know maybe their grandmothers might not necessarily have had. Yes, that's very true. Mm. Right, right now there's a lot of talks in the financial sectors, and you realize that in universities, mm. there are a lot of your peers would have been a financial advisor. Mm. So then, that's when you realize that you have to have someone who is doing something related to it, and then that's when the awareness comes about. Mm. And then that's when you realize, you know, as much as we always talk about, we're sick of talking to insurance agents, we're mm. sick of talking to financial advisors. Mm-hmm. But then that's when you realize when you go to Asia, like, oh, actually, I need this mm. I need to start investing I need mm. to buy insurance mm. right I need to start saving and this is when you're closer when you go out to work like when you just started working you have an income and then you realize what am I going to do with this money mm-hmm. how am I going to build this wealth yep. right so I think it's very interesting in that sense yes it's, it's definitely shifted definitely that's not something my grandma would tell me because she'll tell me investment is a scam Right? Mm. <laughs> but then when, when you're right right now the shifting demographics people of the younger age they are more likely to go into it mm-hmm. but there's some cryptocurrencies people would you know buy coins and stuff I mean right? there's a, there, definitely a lot more <laughs> yes. asset classes that you know that we need to learn about today it's not just about stocks and bonds anymore mm. and then you know there's so many different new asset classes like like you said crypto is one mm. of them which is a whole other topic by itself even like wine investments mm art you know there, there are so many kinds of investments right and you know i can of course i can see you know sometimes people like you know your grandma will say oh you know mm. investments are a scam but but it really depends on you know what, what was her interaction with quote-unquote investments right yes. it could have been somebody <laughs> trying to sell her a product mm. um and building on what you said mm. one thing that's being raised is that um actually this segment the mature segment is a group that is particularly susceptible to financial scams mm. because of the fact that you know they weren't brought up with all that knowledge and having their peers talk about different kinds of investments what to look out for what not so actually if you go back to that crypto boom a few years ago mm. a lot of them i and i seen this firsthand were people who were shilling coins to the older folks so oh. I, I i might have mentioned this on previous shows before so i was literally queuing up for hawker food at um chinatown and then this uncle in front of me just was like me bored and then he, he saw me and then he turned around and said like in Mandarin like my crypto <laughs> and which I mean like translated as like hey you know girl do you have you bought crypto and I'm like oh my god if, I, if I'm having a conversation at Chinatown Hawker Centre with this random uncle in front of me asking if I bought crypto and I'm like how many other people are 
being sold this crypto story and how much money are they putting into it and do they know what they're putting their mm. money into? Because back then there were just so many white papers going around asking people to buy their coins right. and, and literally, I mean, if, if this is the demographic that you're targeting, a lot of them have really, uh, set aside like retirement funds. That's and right. and the if they group. think that this is investment... Yes. Is extremely dangerous. Mm. So, like you know, in your work, you know, with mature women, do you, do you see that? I actually do. Um, they do share things like um, them investing in certain things, and what really makes them want to invest is the returns. Mm. They're guaranteed these returns. Also, a lot of times they look into fixed deposits, right? Mm. Then they get the insurance and whatnot. You know the basics. Mm. Then when they see like, oh, we can start investing in all this, you know, digital coins. And to them, that's not like crypto term, right? So mm. they'll use things like all oh, the digital coins. Mm. Or, like things that online you buy and then you get like a 40% return <laughs> and then that's when they go like wow their eyes sparkles mm. and then and then they'd be like oh wow I can get so much and they would have their friend would be like, their friend it's always the friend's friends right yes. oh I've already earned back this much yes. 50% return you should join use my code mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think a lot of us could be familiar with yes. that Yes. You know, especially when like, you know, the worrying thing is sometimes when our parents send us like, hey, you know, my friend told me about this project. And then, like you said, it has like double digit, 30, 40% returns. Like, you know, I think I trust my friend. You know, this friend is my, I had known her yes. for 20 years. I trust her. My friend is my to-go source. Exactly. Everything she say is the truth. And that's yes. worrying. You yes, know, it's as, especially if you're... That you know, like their daughter, for example, mm. and then you're, and then the next question is, where are you hearing this from? And mm. then, like, how can I better educate my family members or, like, you know, my my mother, my mother in right. this instance, how mm. on like how not to trust such things? Yeah, I think actually recently there are a lot of talks on you know fake news mm. scams as well. I think with the recent news of the Lisian Lisian Long some face, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like online on some scam as well, right? So then they use people of a certain power, mm-hmm. and they are the face for like the older generation mm. to invoke people to trust because people mm. be like, oh, I have this, you know, what is you know, I think is where they can trust. Yes. Or like, you know, I put some someone old there. Oh, I think this person was... You know, they put something that's very related to them. Mm. And that's when you know this is very much targeted to the older generation. Yep. yep. And then and then it's very scary, especially when you see people start circulating such things. Mm. And you know how old people, they have their own groups? Yes. So I have interacted with a lot of seniors. Mm. So they have this group chat, you know, font really huge, all in Chinese. And yes. then they'll send pictures <laughs> like this, right? Yes, I can, <laughs> no, really, I can, you, you can visualize, identify, right? Yes. yes. And then that's when you, but then they send good morning messages. Yes. You know, the flowers, <laughs> the pond, the lotus. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And then out of nowhere, you see like, oh, wow, I can get this return and that. And out of that, the whole group trend, then you suddenly DM me if you're interested. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then maybe the smarter ones, they'll put it in Chinese. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's the Chinese word for it, but you know, mm-hmm. old people will be intrigued by it. Mm. They, they know that they have set aside a sum. Mm. And if they can grow this sum even more, because they want to leave a legacy, they want to maybe give it to their children. Yes. Right? Because they, all they, are hit, they have in mind is when I'm gone, where's, oh, where else are they going to go, right? Mm. To their kids mm. or whoever family member they have. Mm. And then that's why you know, I feel like they're very targeted. You're right. Everything they, they trust. As long as you put someone's face, old face there, or like your friend tell you, like some kind of, I don't know, MLM or I don't mm. know what, right? Mm. I don't know what goes on behind, <laughs> but then that, that's when they want to end up putting something. They end up suddenly, it's just like buying things as well. You yes. know, my mom go on Instagram mm. and then you can buy maybe, a, let's say, a BB, BB cream. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, BB cream is kind of like a foundation of sort that color corrects or, mm-hmm. and then, um, it costs like maybe this is not really scam per se, but I mean 
is thirty dollars, mm. right, for the same product, same China product. Mm. But if I go on Shopee, it it's costs like me five bucks or oh, five. Yes. <laughs> so I I felt like you know in a way it is a scam. I mm. mean, <laughs> whatever it is, but yeah, my mom bought it and I was like. No. no, you did not. Don't ever buy those, you know, Instagram ads or TikTok ad stuff. I think I guess that's our that's our responsibility as children, or like you know, just to help out family members and tell them to not go for such things. Yes, but then I mean, you mentioned a good point on you know, like the seniors, you know, they want to leave behind a legacy or leave something for their mm. for their children, and and sometimes I think it's not even that right. Some of them realize, you know, in terms of retirement adequacy, that mm. is not enough. Because sometimes they think that, okay, I ain't going to be living till probably 75 like my mom or like my dad. And they get to 80 and they're like, holy shit, I yes. might still have 20 years ahead of me. And then my retirement savings were, were sort of like budgeted to be till the time I'm 75. Mm. Another thing I think that's hitting them is they, they are realizing that they are living a lot longer than they expected to. Mm. And how do they get that? Especially if, you know, sometimes if, you know, um, the children don't support them financially, mm. um, then all these kind of things they need to think about. So I think like retirement adequacy is something that actually affects people in general. Mm. But, you know, for your work at Shorty, you know, and you know, have you had that kind of conversations with older women where they are worried for their retirement adequacy? Actually, interestingly, I don't think much of them many of them have been pretty interested in this kind of topic mm. because to them is they always feel like they leave like bare minimum is enough mm. right and they always feel like oh when I'm old you know old people tell me right I was chatting with them and they're like oh still mm. uh, they'll say oh if I die then no it's totally fine mm. I'm already old who cares mm. right they say oh I just need to leave a very simple I just need food and drink and then pretty much that's it there's no mm. quality to the life mm. if you're talking about the elderlies who are you know a bit more spendthrift or like maybe they want the quality there mm. then yeah they would have you know might exhaust it but mm-hmm. then but then as you get older i was i was told by some elderlies that um to them is as you get older you mature mm. a lot of things you don't really need mm. especially the materialistic things yes right your priorities have shifted mm. and the things that you see more towards is things like happiness things mm. that money can buy mm. Like yeah. a, more of a simple life. Yeah, they want a simple life. I, so they haven't really had that concern where they would run out of money. Hmm. Yeah. But the other part is also the escalating medical costs mm. sometimes, right? And and usually when the medical expenses come, you know, the quality of life is not there. But I still think like retirement adequacy is still something that will trouble people. It's just the mindset towards it. Yes. You know, do you have a defeatist mindset towards it? Mm. Because, you know, one of the one of the things just given that, you know, we're looking at the lifespan of 80. Mm. Somebody in their 20s and 30s are saying, you know, I have this much time to build my, my financial worth. But then when you're like 60, you really don't have that much of a time horizon. And when your earning power diminishes, you know, there's not many levers that you can pull to get yourself to that. Mm. So I think that's the that's a lesson, I think, you know, with regards to thinking about our old age. And this is, I guess, a lesson to the people who are younger that, you know, one thing is we're all living longer and the second thing is like how do you budget for that additional years yes yes I think that's really important you know being in my 20s you know when I look ahead like oh 80 years like when I'm 80 years old I still have like 60 years to go yeah that's like three more lifetimes yeah that's a very long time and then I really think that um, well when it comes to elderly right Mm. they Okay, maybe let me put my mom as an example, mm. right? Because I'm very close to her. Mm. So she's at a stage where she's, you know, trying to ease into retirement. Mm-hmm. And then with that, you know, how how will she continue building 
you know, her financial security, mm. right? And then I think one of the concerns she have is because, like you mentioned, right? They are spending, they are uh, sorry, earning power diminishes mm. because that's when they, you know they try to go into part time jobs, mm. admin related, mm. self audi, mm. right? Simple, mm. simple jobs. Mm. Then that becomes like there's a cut of their salary, you know, maybe halved. Maybe yep. for example, for my case, mm. my mom's. So then that's when she started thinking about what am I going to do in retirement? How am I going to start spending? Mm. You know, how should I change? So it becomes like a whole different thought process to it. Okay, I feel that when they are have when they have yet to step into the shoes of the part where they want to go into um, retirement, they can't really feel it. Mm. They can't really think like, how am I going to... So because at the time, let's say a career woman, 40 plus, they're still yes. working, right? Yep. To them, it's work, work, work. Yes. Right? They don't have that time. They're having back-to-back meetings. They don't really have the time to think about what's going to happen. What am I going to do when I'm resting? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So I think like you said, yes, it's very important to understand how you want to go into retirement, especially financially. Mm. But I feel like if we're, well, we really want to target it, it will be targeting the women who are still in their 40s when they're still working. Mm, you're right. Because if you were to target those who have already retired, it's, well, it's not too late. There's still something. Mm. But then it becomes a very different approach to it. Yes. Right. If you want to give knowledge about retirement, definitely in the 40s. Mm. How are we going to start doing that while you're working? Mm. While you're so engrossed in your career, how can you take that time out to do it? Yes. Because yeah. it takes time. To blow towards that, you know, yeah. because you, you're you're absolutely right. Because when you when you retire, then all of a sudden there's this drop off, you know, mm. like you go from working to not, and all of a sudden you have all the time in the world, all the time you have twenty four hours to think about what you want to do, and it's extremely it gets very boring after a while, mm. right? You know, even when I speak to retirees, some of them are coming out of retirement because they were thinking that retirement's like, wow, you know, I can go to East Coast and walk and then get my kopi and all that, and that gets boring after a while, and some of them are like, you know, I'm bored of my mind. I need to do mm. something and it'll go back and work like you know part-time jobs but definitely paying a fraction of what they used to earn yeah that's right um, but in your work you know at, at Surety like you know what what inspired you to start the platform what inspired me is my mom I can you know I was just gonna say yes. because you're saying you're so close to her yes I actually have a matching tattoo with her oh that's yeah, so, so nice. I'm the only child mm. so during the time when I started out this idea was um, she was in her perimenopause mm. so she was going through a lot Mm. emotionally and physically mm. so for those who don't know that uh, during perimenopause you get hot flashes mm. weight changes mm. hormone fluctuations so these are all caused by hormone fluctuations yep. then in terms of her temper as well mm. Mm, so I took the blunt force of it <laughs> being the only, only child. child yes yeah so then I realised that being someone who is undergoing aging mm. especially a woman mm. so you see perimenopause is not a condition it's a phase of life mm. it's the, the is the decline of hormones. Mm. And then you not only does it affect the woman herself, mm-hmm. but the people around her. Of course, yes. Right? Whether her spouse, my dad, mm. me, mm. right? If some of the women have even more kids and well, it's the whole big family, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Then it, it gets a little, it, there's a strain on the relationship. Mm, because sure. being someone who is young, I don't understand what she's going through. Mm. I can't feel her, right? And then she don't know what she's going through as well. Mm. She don't know how to articulate that. Mm. So then that is when I wanted to create Shorty to not only educate the woman in their 40s onwards, but also the younger generations. Yep. Right? How do you understand your mom? Mm. How do you, you know, get in touch with her emotionally as well? Mm. Right? How do you be aligned with her? How do you support her even? Mm. Even as a spouse, right? Yes. So we are trying to preach that. 
right? We're trying to create that awareness and that knowledge. I think it's essential. I mean, you're, you're right. I think it's a lot of struggles that, mm. you know, a perimenopausal woman actually faces. Mm. And, and the backlash, I mean, you know, there's that spillover effect, right? Obviously on the family members and mm. it affects everyone's, you know, general health you know including mm. mental health yes i mean that's also the physical health aspects as mm. well so i think it's great what you're doing yeah um but yeah i appreciate you coming on to talk about you know the danger gap and in financial health i think that you know a lot of listeners you know even you know as they think about their older years mm. and you know especially as women you know what do you know what to you know think about you know with regards to financial security and financial health um and for our listeners who like to find out more about surety you know where should they go Right, so for those who's interested in learning more about Shruti and our mission, so you can actually find us online at www.shrutisg.com mm. and we are actually also very active on social media, especially Instagram. That's mm. when we're targeting the younger generations mm. uh, where we share resources, updates, as well as stories and majority of our educational, credible articles are on our website. Mm. Yeah, so we can, I would always love to connect in person. We actually have events and workshops as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll have it lined up for next year. Yeah, so join us at Shwati and definitely be part of this revolution to understand your mom or even yourself. Oh, nice. Yes. Exciting stuff. And we'll link the links in the show notes. So yeah. do check it out. Thank you. Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at MissFitFi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from Mediacorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.